you know, when they finally let me drive the boat, the one officer was standing right next to me and just telling me, you know, all right, hard over, hard over, gun it, gun it, gun it now. You know, just he was having me do crazy stuff that I would have never had the balls to do with that boat. And <laughs> yeah, and it was so fun, man. That was that was the best part of the day. Hi, everyone, and welcome to the Power Motor Yacht Podcast, your birth for the best stories in boating. Each week, my colleagues and I will bring you everything from salty stories to thought-provoking trend discussions, as well as interviews with the most interesting characters to ply the sea. Whether you're listening from the boatyard, your slip, or hopefully well underway, we're glad to have you aboard. Welcome back to the Power and Motor Yacht Podcast. I'm Simon Murray, here at Mission Control, and I doubt that we can clear the Miami Vice theme song, but it would really apply because all the editors have been working in the field, putting these stories together. Charlie was just down in Miami for uh, shadowing a tactical interdiction team. Charlie, before we even get into that, what led you down this path to, to, to even consider the Department of Homeland Security uh, as, as a relevant story for this? Hey, Simon. Yeah. Um, great question, man. So when we were brainstorming ideas for this special issue, one story I mentioned was a number of years ago, we were fishing for tarpon at night in Government Cut, which is the big inlet, you know, in Miami Beach, Florida. And out of nowhere, it was pitch black dark. Out of nowhere, this boat flew up on us, no lights on, nothing. And then all of a sudden clicked on crazy parking lot type floodlights, scared the living crap out of us. Um, (laughs) And it turned out it was the Department of Homeland Security. And they were in a all black, go fast center console, outboard powered boat, you know, black on black on black. And they checked our papers and made sure we were on the up and up. And they just blazed out. So we were throwing ideas around. I was like, we should reach out to those guys and see what they do. I think that's probably a moment that never leaves you. I would probably be having cold sweats in the middle of the night. Nightmares that this blacked out military spec vessel is is just right behind me. So, okay. So walk us through kind of what happened next. So we reached out and they were very receptive. Uh, we threw around some ideas. We explained the issue we were working on and, you know, it being the 20 year anniversary coming up in September for the Department of Homeland Security, it seemed really timely and they put together an agenda unlike any other, you know, we were offered the opportunity to ride along with, uh, what's called U.S. Customs and Border Protection and more specifically, we were with the Air and Marine Operations. So uh, these men and women are the folks who protect our borders from incoming vessels or, you know, incoming traffic. And they use a number of different kinds of aircraft, marine craft. And they said, what do you want to do? We said, we want to do it all. Um, And, you know, that nighttime episode that I went through, that was high on my list. I wanted to be on the other end of that (laughs) and be able to roll up on someone and be like, click, you know, surprise, we're here. Um, Which, which, you know, spoilers, you did do that. And we'll we'll get to that later. But I I think that story is hilarious. And 
it's hard not to see yourself in the guy's shoes, just like yours, uh, who got rolled up on the, in the middle of, middle of the night. No, that was something. <laughs> so what's the? I guess we could launch into maybe what was what was the craziest you know moment of the day? What what stands out the most in your mind? I mean, there's so many things, obviously, right? There's the, the Blackhawk that they use. There's the you know interdiction vessels that are probably military grade to the point where obviously the regular boater can't just go out and purchase that vessel. So it's got to be specked out crazy. But what, what's the, what stuck out the most? Well, leading up to the day, I was most excited to ride on a Black Hawk helicopter. I mean, how many opportunities does someone get to do that? So that was first on the agenda. The, the schedule called for setting up a simulated boat chase. They also have some intrepid uh, center consoles that they use for, I don't know, they didn't really tell me, but in this case, the they had an intrepid, that was the quote, rabbit boat. Uh, so th- that was the bad guy boat. And then they had two 41 foot interceptors, which are these just badass aluminum boats built by safe boats, which builds a lot of marine type vessels, coast guard vessels, um, police, fire, all that kind of stuff and commercial stuff. And so we had two interceptors, the chase boat and a freaking black hawk. <laughs> so uh, me and photographer Robert Holland got to jump on this black hawk. We chatted with the pilots and they were really cool. Uh, there was one gentleman from Puerto Rico and the other guy I believe was from Texas. And um, to be in this particular agency, you have to have prior service from another government agency. So a lot of these guys came from the Navy, they came from the Army or the Coast Guard, stuff like that. They're all, you know, oh, I've been doing this 20 years, 18 years. They're all really veteran type folks. So they went through the, the agenda. They said, look, we're going to go out on the Blackhawk. We're going to go over Biscayne Bay. You know, we've got the Latin lawn of, of where these bad guys are. And they played it out. The Black Hawk helicopter walking up to that thing. It is gigantic, man. I, I've been on a couple of helicopters, not a ton, but this thing is just massive. It's got a, a huge cargo area area. It can hold like 2000 pounds. The, the rotor blades are 53 feet from tip to tip. And I mean, it's big and loud and just i was a little into tip guy after the pre-flight stuff i was like you know you don't have to go into like any barrel rolls or like try to impress me and make me pass out with some g-forces or anything like that you know <laughs> right. and he he was like yeah don't worry about it nothing like that so but clearly they the, were uh clearly clearly the helicopter is not meant to just like patrol subtly that thing's meant to just freak you out when it's directly over you it's big and imposing and you know various agencies will mount all kinds of weaponry on those things this particular one did not have any weaponry on it but it did have two gunner seats so basically there's there's two pilot seats in the cockpit directly behind that are two gunner seats with like open doors that point straight out so the gunner seats you're looking right out the window so that's where the photographer stood or, or hung out and then on the other side was another um, agent who his job is to just sort of help the pilots and do checks and and also communicate with the boats and stuff. So 
there's a lot going on. There's tons of electronics and buttons and knobs in that thing. So I was just smiling like a kid about to get on a big roller coaster. We took off and we were on site pretty rapid. And then, you know, the Blackhawk in this situation is there to support the Marine vessels, the interceptors. So they're communicating with them, you know, and also they wanted us to get really good photos. So, I mean, we were like sliding sideways. He somehow was able to keep it at the exact same speed as the boats. So we were like sort of shadowing the boats and the prop wash that this Blackhawk throws is like freaking thunderstorm. I mean, <laughs> if it gets too close to the water, it's like white out, just throwing water everywhere. Um, but yeah, it's like being on skates. It goes backwards, sideways, up. To, I mean, there's no direction it can't go. So, I mean, my understanding is it's there to support the boats. The boats are 60 knot boats. So part of you thinks, okay, if I want to run Colombian you know, in from the Bahamas or whatever, I'm going to get a 65 knot boat and then I can outrun this boat. Well, I mean, maybe in a straight line, yes. But you are you're you're not running outrunning that freaking Blackhawk. That thing's going. Uh, it got the specs. It goes like two hundred knots. So you can't hide from that thing. And I'm sure those safe boats are are designed to handle you know rough seas where if you can go faster, maybe they can you know. Yes, cut, no, cut down that's down. that's dead on. So yes, you might be able to go faster in a straight line, but these things can go you know, at speed, they're built to go 45 plus knots in any kind of weather, any kind of condition, any kind of current, any anything, man, they just, they go. So I, I, ho- I hope you packed, you know, extra fuel bladders and you're just going to keep going up the Eastern seaboard because they're going to catch you, you know, if you stop basically. Yeah. If you're just looking for the Miami vice boat chase, I mean, you're going to lose. It's just, that's, it's that easy. Right. And these guys, because there's not just the Blackhawk too. So what I didn't realize they have fixed wing aircraft that go out every day and they're flying way up high and they're using all kinds of surveillance electronics to monitor what's going on on the water. And so the fixed wing goes up and if he see if, if that, sees any kind of nefarious weird stuff happening they make a report of it and then maybe they'll send out a chopper maybe they'll send out the boats um, but there it's not just a couple of boats out there cruising around looking for bad stuff there's several layers of vessels and support constantly monitoring especially our busy ports um, so we had crews with us from lauderdale miami and key largo And it was interesting to talk to each one of those guys and kind of hear about, you know, what their day typically entails. Like this was a a very out of ordinary day for those guys. They got to kind of kick back and and spend time with us and tell us their war stories. But on a normal day, they're doing recon, they're intercepting drugs, they're intercepting human trafficking, they're doing search and rescue, they're helping with hurricane response. Uh, these these guys see a lot of stuff that you and I are just not even aware of. You know, the general boater, we jump in our boat, we turn the key, we go out there, we feel safe, we feel more than fine to go anywhere. And it's because the guys like the Department of Homeland Security, Air Marine Operations, they're out there keeping it safe. 
And it, yeah, it really sounds like they have a lot on their, on their plate. And I know we were joking about, you know, the eighties obviously have that infamous aura of all this drugs coming into pretty much Miami for the most part, but it sounds like a lot of drugs are still being intercepted even to this day, which is kind of, I mean, that surprised me. Oh dude. <laughs> so much drugs. It's crazy. It's crazy. Stories. And I brought that up too. Cause I was like, you know, are the TV shows accurate? Is that really what it's like? And they all kind of looked at each other and they're like, what shows? And where, like, what are we talking about here? But they, they started out running midnight express, uh, the, the, you know, go fast boats. And so those boats had, I mean, they were good for what they needed to get done, but it's evolved to these safe boats, which are aluminum boats with a really sophisticated hull design. It's got stepped holes. It's got these stabilizing fins. You can turn that thing hard over turn at speed and it banks like, I mean, you're basically, it's got a foam collar around it. So it kind of looks like a rigid hull inflatable, even though it's not. And, um, you know, when they finally let me drive the boat, uh, the one officer was standing right next to me and just telling me, you know, all right, hard over, hard over, gun it, gun it, gun it now. You know, just he let, he was having me do crazy stuff that I would have never had the balls to do with that boat. And <laughs> yeah, and it was so fun, man. That was, that was the best part of the day for me. That was better than the Black Hawk. Oh, I see uh, why. I mean, especially if you have carte blanche to just rip that thing and the guy's actually not even just like, you know, okay, you're allowed to. He's like actively in your ear telling you to go faster. That is unbelievable. He was in my ear and basically saying like, don't be a, you know what, like freaking <laughs> right. do it, bro. Go for it. Like gun it, gun it, gun it. More, more, more. No, tight, tight, tight. I mean, and I just smiling ear to ear in the back of your mind. Were you at all concerned that like, if you wreck this government vessel, that something's going to come, somebody's going to come for you. There's going to be a knock at the door kind of thing. I had to sign some paperwork. (laughs) (laughs) Enough said, enough said, enough said. Yeah, there was, but I mean, the way that's the least of their concerns, like he, they have a pretty amazing maintenance team as well so if they do blow out a lower unit i mean they're running these boats at full speed a lot so they have racing lower units um so the boats are powered by quad mercury 350 verado outboards and with racing lower units and they blow them out you know i mean there's only so much those engines can take they may hit something a lot of times they said these drug runners will try to run them up on, onto a reef or run them up into a break wall. So, you know, I mean, shit happens. And they have a team that can come in and replace a lower unit and get them back out in the water in like less than an hour. It's like the ultimate pit crew. So they don't worry about anything. They just worry about getting the bad guy. No, yeah, that's what it sounds like. Well, so- and safety, safety, of course. Right, right. But it sounds like, you know, you mentioned Midnight Ex- Express and maybe the evolution of these interdiction vessels. It sounds like maybe in the past they were more worried about just, you know, drop dead, top speed. But now it's more about maneuverability and trying to, like, out-strategize and out, you know, maneuver these guys. Yeah. Yep. That's totally right. I mean, the stories he said as we were 
so the day started on Biscayne Bay and we were doing all these different chase simulations. And then, you know, in the evening we went back out at night and that's where we were sort of, you know, I was asking a lot of questions about, you know, well, what would jump out at you about a boat? And he said, it's actually what doesn't jump out at you. You know, the, these guys that they're going after are constantly innovating and using all kinds of vessels. So there's nothing off limits. And they have a story about everything you can imagine, you know, big 50 foot cruisers, catamarans, sailboats, go fast boats, fishing boats. Guys are now it's mostly a hide and seek game. They're they're putting paraphernalia in, you know, ceiling panels or in the engine room. Or uh, he told me one story where they boarded a boat, you know, something was suspicious. So they boarded it and doing their search they didn't find anything but he noticed that there was two amazon boxes in the salon um all taped up with amazon tape had not been opened looked like it just got dropped off and so he said okay what's in the boxes oh you know i don't know my wife got those from amazon and whatever they open up the boxes one was full of cash and one was full of you know cocaine so you just don't know I, I also researched all these fun ways to say cocaine, so I may have to drop some of those. <laughs> I could tell. I could tell. I, I like that. Because <laughs> well, you said it. And, I mean, Miami is the cocaine capital capital of America. Right. And, yeah. I mean, Florida Flake, baby. It's it's a big problem. Sure. I mean, what's that documentary? Uh, cocaine Cowboys. Cocaine Cowboys. Yeah. Yes. I mean, they basically, they, you know, if you've seen the documentary, you know that they, most of the skyline, I think, in Miami is built on bricks of cocaine not quite literally but pretty close you know it's like yeah it's crazy yeah i'm just picturing you know when you were just describing all the different boats that they use i was picturing tony montana on like a sailboat you know with <laughs> <laughs> lined with bricks of coke but no that's crazy so uh, another and it's not yeah. just coke simon it's also marijuana too which is a little surprising because you know marijuana is legal in so many states now but um, it's still flooding in in huge rates. Like they told me one bus, I think he said he seized 300 pounds of marijuana, which is just, I mean, that would probably like fill a garage. That's a lot. Yeah. I think you could smell that, you know, 20 miles away. I mean, that's crazy. That's crazy. And a, another thing too, is obviously, um, migrants coming from Cuba or a lot of times he said, even the Bahamas. A lot of uh, Haitians or they get to the Bahamas and then they go for it. And he said it's really sad because these human traffickers charge a ridiculous amount of money. People are in a place where they just want a better way of life and they pay this money and then they get dropped in some godforsaken raft and just shoved off. So a lot of times they do find that kind of stuff out there um, and, you know, have to deal with that. That is like the, mo the more sobering side of probably what they do. You mentioned before off off air that there was, you know, the, the ingenuity to me is so interesting uh, for these drug runners. Like you mentioned one of them actually utilizing one of the engines, one of the outboards. Yeah, that was I'd never heard of that. So when we were talking about all this stuff. Uh, one of the agents told me a story where they same deal, they they monitor radar and they use ARPA so they can pick up 
the different boats on the radar and it'll tell them, you know, what direction the boat's going, how fast it's going and its course. Um, and that's where they'll see if something's wrong. Like, why is this guy coming from the east at two in the morning? And why is he going 50 miles an hour in the middle of the night? You know, so something ain't right. Let's go check it out. And so it was kind of one of those situations. And it was a center console boat with multiple outboards. And they got him to stop. And they're boarding the boat, doing their search, whatever. And in the search, I guess, I don't remember what tipped them off, but they popped the, the, the engine covers off. And one of the outboard engines, when they popped the cover off, there was no engine in there. It looked just like an outboard, but when they popped it off, it was full of coke. So they had, it still had, I guess, the lower unit and everything, but they actually took the motor out and loaded it up with coke, put the engine cover back on, and that's where they were holding it. Uh, does that make it more expensive, I wonder, or just less expensive? I, I can't, I'm not good at doing drug math uh, right now, but that's, yeah, that is wild. That's absolutely wild. So They've seen it all, and nothing surprises them. And they work with a lot of state and local, too. So if they can get, you know, dogs out there to sniff, and the dogs will find a lot of it. Basically, the boats, if they, if they think there's something going on, the boats get torn apart similar to you know what happens at the borders with vehicles right right so you talked a little bit about the chase simulation so walk us through like let's say you know i'm i'm one of these guys in a go fast boat i got lots of cocaina or marijuana whatever the case might be in my in my boat these guys catch wind of me i'm gunning it they're right behind me right next to me what's their next how do they make me stop i guess is the question they try a number of things. So they don't just like get behind you. They get like inches behind the boat and they zigzag across the wake. They got the, the siren going, the lights blaring. They're on the hailer. They're calling on the VHF. You know, they identify themselves, stop the boat. If the boat does not stop, they will get shooters in place. So they'll have a shooter and then a cover guy. So the cover guy goes in the bow. The shooter's a little bit aft of him, sort of standing right in front of the console on one side or the other, depending on which side of the boat they're on. So the cover guy is probably the most important guy in that scenario. The, the guy running the boat does never takes his eyes off the boat. The cover guy watches out for the crew. The shooter is aiming at the outboards or which is in normal cases, it's an outboard powered boat if it's going that kind of speed. But the shooter has got a shotgun, stainless steel shotgun loaded with these special slugs that when, if it comes to the, if it comes to it, they'll fire at those, at those outboards and the slugs have little bits in them. As soon as upon impact, they bust open and like these quarter inch pieces of destruction just destroy the innards of that of the outboard oil leaking you know freaking just makes them useless and, and they will take the boat out that way they'll shoot out the engines but i mean they're going to give you ample warning before they do that right right but but you know if you've been warned and they knock out your triple quad uh, outboards say goodbye to you know half a million dollars right there i, I would think 
Yeah, and it's but these drug runners, they don't care about that stuff. A lot of the boats they're using are stolen or, you know, I don't know. It's they're just they've got a job to do, I guess, as well. And they just are their goal is to get the stuff in or to not get caught. And our goal is to stop them. And and we ran those simulations. And when I say the boat gets right up on them, I mean, it's it's nuts these guys are like right there a couple times we touched the other boat wow because you want to get you want to get the shooter at a 90 degree angle so he can fire at the outboard without possibly injuring anyone and so and and we were there man and it was it was pretty i'm not gonna lie it was pretty badass oh yeah i mean I, i got goosebumps just talking about it i got in severe fomo but did they say at all what if it's an inboard powered boat because it sounds like they come across all manner of different vessels that's a really good question i'm sure they have tactics on that too but we were because the chase boat we had was a center console without boards i think that's really what we were focused on so it didn't really come up but so you did so that that sounds like a crazy part of the day but the day wasn't over because you went you know whether you came back at night or just you know went from sun up to sundown the, it sounds like the activities got a little bit more, maybe not exciting, but just a little bit more harrowing at night because I would be a little scared. I know they have some type of uh, night vision goggles that they use, but still, I mean, I feel like accidents are much more prone to happen uh, once the sun goes down. Yeah, but I think that's also when a lot of these guys go for the run. or that's you know They figure if it's nighttime or if it's bad weather, they, uh, the cops won't be out tonight. It's a bad night out. So those are the nights when they're ready. They, because they know that that's when it's going down. So you, you were confident uh, so what, in their abilities. You were confident in the operator's abilities. It, it never felt like it was too dangerous for you in any part of the, the nighttime. No. Yeah. Yeah. I was totally confident. Yeah. These guys are, and it's interesting. So each person on the boat, has a different job most of the times there's three or four crew members on the boat but they are all trained exactly the same so they hardly even have to talk to one another and each one of them can can drive the boat each one of them can be the navigator each one of them can be the cover guy each one of them. so they they do a, a ton a ton of training and then they basically take turns so you know the guy who was driving the boat when we were out there tomorrow he may be the navigator they they're doing that all the time so they're all totally up to speed and basically we took a big break and then we we met back up at miami beach marina at um trying to think of what the military time was but it was 7 p.m <laughs> i guess uh, uh what is that 1900 i don't know man. Yeah, i wish i could tell you <laughs> <laughs> 1900 hours Sounds so right. we met up at Miami Beach Marina and went out and yeah, I really wanted to see how they do the nighttime thing. And it's the boats again are decked out with Marine electronics. They've got a clear camera up on the hard top. They've got very good radar. I think probably 80% of what they're doing at night is radar based. Hmm. I mentioned they use these radars that have ARPA, which you can get on any radar, but uh, the ARPA is what tracks all these different, uh, targets and but their radars can track like hundreds of targets simultaneously and pull up the information ridiculously fast so 
they're looking at the radar and if they see a boat moving they just tap the boat on the radar screen and it pulls up all this information about the boat where it's going how fast it's going so they use that and then they wear these helmets that have these drop down night vision goggles so if you can imagine Rick Moranis in uh, Honey, I Shrunk the Kids, that yes. scene where he's wearing like a strainer on his head with the big goggles. Yes. That was me wearing that thing. And I, and one of the guys even said like, oh, you got a bit of a Rick Moranis vibe going on right now. But, <laughs> not a compliment, I don't think. That's I don't think that's uh, complimentary. Oh, these dudes are total ball busters, but it's all <laughs> done in good, in good fun, you know. Uh, I think um, but you have to have a good sense of humor, right? Because of the things they see, it's got to be. Yeah, and they're sort of, I mean, there's a real brotherhood amongst them. And and I dig that, you know, I, I think it's pretty cool. You don't get that much anymore. But yeah, the night vision goggles themselves are amazing. Amazing. It's like, oh, what did he say it was? White plasma technology or something. So you drop those things on and it's like, the world it's like looking at the world at a, as a black and white tv um, you're probably too young to remember black and white tvs but that's sort of what it looks like through these night visions so it could be pitch black dark out no moon cloudy sky middle of the night you can see everything is everything it, is it grainy or is it like crystal clear black and white it's a little it's not like crystal clear so the it's a little soft like it's sort of like uh, out of focus just a hair but it's amazing and so they they can run around at full speed with no lights on in the boat That's, zero and they're looking at the they're looking at the radar and again the captain just worries about driving the boat and then the other guys are looking at the radar calling out what they see you know, making sure there's no nothing floating in the water that maybe one of them didn't spot. You know, they they call out stuff constantly. That's just, you know, it's just like the opposite. It's like the polar opposite of what we're as just boaters, what we are used to. It's just like could not be any different. It's like boating on Mars kind of thing because they're they're going out like you said, to ascertain these drug runners and, and guys that are doing bad things in the middle of the night, probably for the most part. So that's not cruising that, and especially, I mean, yeah, people do blue water cruising, long distance cruising at night, but they have all the lights on. They're very much like easy to spot. These guys are running around in complete darkness. It's just crazy to me. Yeah, I've always enjoyed boating at night. It doesn't really freak me out. I mean, I pick my nights carefully, but yeah, you're slowing way down, <laughs> number one. Obviously, you want to make sure your running lights and all that stuff are up to speed, but these guys take it to a whole different level, whole different level. So we teased earlier that the same thing happened to some poor, unsuspecting uh, boater, similar to what happened to you you know, walk me through what that was like. I mean, to, uh, hopefully the guy didn't pee, his, pee himself because that's probably what I would do if I was in that situation. Yeah. So there's this term they use a lot called the power of shock and awe. And that's when they sneak up on you and flick the lights on. It's, you know, it your brain can't function like that unless you're trained for it like these fellows are. You're just like, what? You get scared. You're fumbling. You're not hearing properly. Right. Mean, everything just sort of falls apart. Sure. So the particular area where we were is a popular fishing spot at night. A lot of guys go out and anchor up and bottom fish, or maybe they drift with some swordfish baits. We were, we were, we were in too close for the swordfish guys, but 
and they can they can tell having been out there there's certain boats they see in the area that they know are just fishing they get to know some of the local boats and they'll leave them alone and or maybe they'll check them once and then they know who they are but it's weird the things they look for so we're running around and there was not many boats out there it was a tuesday night and it was not the best conditions it was windy there was a decent swell and we're running around and this one boat had on its running lights but it wasn't really going anywhere and they were like yeah let's just go check it out so we zipped up on them and came right up i mean and it was interesting because they don't just run up and turn the lights on they go up and they inspect the boat first so they'll run by the boat look at what's going on and they'll say all right he's got lines off the port side um you know running one engine they basically and the people on the boat have no idea you're even there so they they zip by and they looked at it to sort of get a basically they want to get as much information as they can gather before they just run up and turn the lights on right so we did that we kind of went up to them faded back and then went up on the other side um away from the fishing lines and then yeah click the lights on and it was a it was a nice boat it was a larger center console <laughs> and when they click the lights on you see the look on all these dudes faces like you know just ah <laughs> <laughs> and they're scared they're like anyway uh but that's what they're like and and the one there was one guy who had a headlamp on he was wearing a headlamp and the light was on and he's shining it at our boat and the first thing the agents are like turn your headlight off so he like turns off all the lights on the boat and they're like no turn your headlamp off so he turns all those other lights back on and they're like then they start yelling it in spanish you know turn the headlamp off and then one of the other guys on the boat is like dude your headlamp so he finally turns the headlamp he's just frazzled yeah, you know? yeah he's in his lizard brain i mean i'd be in the same i'd be just as disoriented as that guy was that's totally correct man it's like a psychological thing <laughs> that's right. going on here right and so he turns it off and and then they're telling him that his running lights are on so again he's turning all this shit on and off and they're like no you're running lights are you running the boat and they're like no we're anchored and they're like okay well just turn your anchor light on and turn your running lights off so this goes on for like a couple minutes and then finally they get it right and all the agents clap for them they're like all right yeah you did it oh so that's kind of nice they i think they knew once the lights came on that everything looked fine these guys were out fishing they had a chum bag in the water they had legit lines in the water they were just fishing they were drinking a couple beers it looked like but you know they just once they got a look of everything they said all right good luck guys you know for in the future the reason we stopped you was because you had your running lights on and we just didn't know what was going on so when you're at anchor keep the anchor light on turn around and they were like okay and then one of the guys made a joke like, okay, make sure to invite us to the barbecue so we can have some of the fish. Ha, ha, ha. And yeah, yeah. Went. What, a, what a lesson to learn to, to keep your running lights off at anchor. Yeah, I'm sure that guy will never do that again, I, I, would, I would think. Yeah. And, you know, sometimes it's just a little thing like that that maybe tease them off that this guy is not a U.S.-based boater. Why doesn't he know that? Right. Um, and when they look at the lines, too, there's been many times, you know, they told me they roll up on these boats 
in the middle of the night and they say, what were you doing out here? And the guy says, oh, we're out here fishing. And they look around and the guy's got some like Snoopy little bass fishing rod and he's, you know, eight miles offshore. And they say, well, show me your catch. And they open a cooler and there's some fish that is like obviously purchased at Publix that morning in the cooler. So, you know, th those are the kinds of things. If they had seen stuff like that, it would have ended different for and, sure. And you were there for the whole thing. I mean, and you were you wearing a uh, like a bulletproof vest and all that stuff? Helmet? It sounds like the helmet, right? I had given the helmet back to Cleon. The the agent's name was Cleon, and he was quite a, a large individual. I would and, imagine. Uh, <laughs> and I am not. <laughs> you know, I'm like all eight and 160 pounds, and this guy could have been a defensive end. You know, I mean, he was like 6'2 and probably 200 plus pounds. His head was like a watermelon so that's pretty much trying to wear his helmet was i had to strap that thing down it was hurting my head <laughs> that's pretty much like the that's what i imagine these guys to all be like you know defensive ends they're not they're they're not really, really? it's a, a it's a, an interesting mix yeah mm -hmm. and i think because they're pulling guys from all these different agencies they try to bring in folks who have different skill sets right well, it's and also it sounds like based on when you got ran up on, I'm sure you reacted, you know, maybe a little a little bit like a flabbergasted situation. And maybe you were a little ticked off in the past, but now after like shadowing these guys, rolling around with them for the day, does that give you any kind of appreciation for what they do? I would imagine like the way you look at them has completely changed. Yes, I have a different layer of respect and admiration for what these men and women do. I mean, it's easy to get annoyed when you're, you know, you're planning for a trip and you, you're looking forward to it. You get to the boat, you go out and then, you know, you see the sirens and crap, we're about to get boarded. But these folks are really out there protecting our waterways and, you know, show them respect and and do what they say and be polite and be honest and you know you should be fine and, and it, even if you messed up if you you know maybe your registration has lapsed just be honest you know um they're more concerned with way more heavy duty stuff as far as the group i was with coast guard is different you know obviously coast guard does a lot more safety check stuff yeah. Um, the Department of Homeland Security is looking for different things. So, but if they see stuff, you know, they'll call in the Coast Guard um, and and that kind of thing. But yes, respect, respect, respect. And you know, I, I will no longer ever be annoyed. And and it was interesting because I asked that. I said, do a lot of people, you know, act like they're all pissed off when they see you guys coming? And they said it's really 50-50. You know, he said that we, we've had plenty of people who are like, can I get a picture with you guys? And, you know, they'll take selfies and, and they'll they'll tell them thank you for everything you do. And then there's other guys who are flipping them off and show some respect. I mean, that's sort of the takeaway for me is just what they do is a lot more important than, you know, your day at the sandbox. And in that regard, too, it's important for them to get to know the regular boaters in their area. And they'll say, you know, hey, have you seen anything that we should be aware of? Because, you know, they can't be everywhere all the time. So that's part of it, too. I mean, they want to be friends with the good guys and go after the bad guys. Right. All I can say is I can't wait to 
to read the story. And uh, I certainly have a lot of FOMO because what a badass day on the on the water. I'm sure it's one you'll probably never forget. Yeah, it was one of the cooler assignments. And, you know, it was hard to change my brain from being like, okay, this isn't just like a joy ride. This is this is real deal stuff. Because for me, it was sort of a joy ride getting to do it. I was smiling and laughing. But yeah, serious business. And um, it was interesting. And and the boats, you know, helicopter, all that stuff. it, It was quite an interesting day. Well, look for an incredibly interesting story to come in the September issue of Power and Motor Yacht. Uh, Charlie, that was a lot of fun. Um, I don't know how we top a day in the water quite like that, but we'll have to find out some way to do it. I I have faith that we will. But yeah, looking forward to reading it. And uh, stay tuned for the upcoming First Responders issue. Thank you for listening to the Power and Motor Yacht podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, please do us a favor and leave us a review or rating. Or you share us with your friends on social media or on the VHF. Anywhere you spread the word means a lot to us. Thanks again, and until next time, we'll see you on the water.